It's time for the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your hosts, Scotty P and Ev. Let's get to it. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us again today. We are live from the city of brotherly love that is known as Philadelphia, in case you were unaware. And we think it's really going to be something that you're going to be able to take away that is positive from this episode today. So just so everybody knows, you can stream us live on www.dbam.com or you can listen to us locally on 860 AM if you're in the Philadelphia, Montgomery County, Bucks County, Southwest New Jersey, Delco, holla at me the county, all of them in the area. You can listen to us live, but also check us out on www.dbam.com. And also, for those of you who are very tech savvy, if you want to go on Facebook and check out WWDBAM860's Facebook page, you can watch the video and we are live right now as well. Okay, everybody. So we did a little bit of a different intro today. I'll introduce myself first, and then Ev's going to go into it. My name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P., and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps other navig- others navigate life through the lens of hope. And my name is Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev, and I'm a professional speaker in the youth mental health space, and I appreciate you helping us out there. I, I don't – did you guys – because I'm not in the studio today. I'm actually – uh, for those not watching, I'm live in my own house. Uh, thank God for Scott, man, because I already had to drive two hours to Lancaster today, two hours back. I did not feel like driving another two hours round trip to Philly. So especially with this weather, man, you saved me. I appreciate it. But yeah, did you hear the same thing I heard? Because I got like Katz's ad coming through. <laughs> yeah, it, look, it looked like we had just a little bit of a malfunction. It happens to the best of us. You know, we're not worried because we know that you take two L's, you put them together and you get a W. Woo! Let's go. So we're not worried about it. It's all good. Um, just some things like that happen now and again but everybody i think we really got a great show for you all today evan do you want to start do you want me to we'll leave it up to you man whatever you're feeling sure i mean yeah and it, it's all good uh brett that was just like kind of funny i was like because i'm already nervous trying to do the intro when i'm this you know when i'm not with you guys live and then i'm hearing this i'm like i'm hoping that they're hearing this too so uh yeah we're glad to be here the topic today is going to be something that scott and i actually have mentioned indirectly before or it's come up really quick but man this is such an important topic it's actually differentiating between some of like the most common things out there with just daily stressors or non-clinical stuff i should say like what is major depressive disorder versus hey i'm feeling sad right now and i think even more confusing for many people especially young people sometimes i know i see that i know you see that is the anxiety stuff because anxiety is not just one disorder. There are anxiety disorders, right? There's multiple, there's OCD, there's generalized anxiety Mm -hmm. disorder, there's panic attacks, there's many different things we could be talking about. And then there's just life stress. There's also non-clinical anxiety. And that can be overwhelming just even saying all this stuff, right? It sounds like a lot. And that's why we're going to break it down in this episode, because it's important for people to be able to identify this. Now, neither of us are doctors. Let's be clear. This is just to maybe plant the seed and get you thinking. Maybe it starts a conversation with you and your healthcare professional. Or you might be going through your head thinking, well, maybe I I actually do have something anxiety-wise. I've also had people experience the opposite when I've talked about this, where they're like, oh, that's just a life thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not dealing with like panic attacks and I thought I was. And I think this is really important for people to get clear on. And I know this is important for you. So why, where have you seen this affect people, man? Like why, why is this an important topic for you? 
No, for sure. I think this is such an important topic because I think more than anything, we have to be able to properly identify what it is that we're dealing with in our lives. You know, if we're out here thinking that something's depression when in fact it's just the ups and downs in life, if we go through our life thinking through that lens and thinking, oh, I'm depressed, all of a sudden we might start taking treatment options that we're not ready for and that aren't proper for us because we're not really dealing with depression when we think we are, right? And on the other side of that, and I know we've mentioned this before, I think we had episodes about this. If you're defining yourself by something that you don't really fully grasp and have in your life, that's going to lead to all kinds of problems as well. I mean, I can't, I'd say almost every time I go to speak, somebody says, oh, I have anxiety. And I say, oh, me too. So does the person down the street. So does the people that you never met before in your life. We all have anxiety. We all have sadness. But finding the difference between generalized anxiety and an anxiety disorder and sadness and depression is really such an important thing. And I think for me... It all really comes down to this. It comes down to the fact that if we want to make sure that we are finding the right treatments and that we're overcoming whatever it is that's holding us back in life, we have to properly name it to tame it. Right. That's a little fun way to say it. Name it to tame. it. Okay, we've got to name what's going on and that it goes for all aspects, too. Maybe you're not dealing with anxiety, an anxiety disorder. Maybe you're not dealing with depression. Maybe you're just going through a rough patch in life. And guess what? Uh, That happens. That's called living life. That's called That's normal for everybody. And we have to understand that sometimes that's going to be the way things are, that we can't expect everything to be great all the time. But just because we're in a little bit of a dip doesn't mean that we have a mental health challenge going on in that moment as well. Obviously, it can, but not always. And I think understanding that is one of the first steps to being able to properly move forward what we're dealing with and also find that happiness that we seek in our lives. I love one of the things that you said, because we've mentioned this before about like defining ourselves as this, because we can really get into a complex problem here. Because one, even if someone has actual major depressive disorder or OCD or panic attacks or panic disorder, I'll, I'll word it that way. Even if you have that, we, like you said, we don't want to define ourselves as that. And what I'm finding in today's world, and this is really scary. And I think it's because I don't mean to sound old, but like, because of the internet, we have access to even look these things up and then try to come to our own conclusions. I think before the internet, it would have been damn near impossible to do that. You know, I mean, sure, Mm -hmm. you could go to your library and read, I think that wasn't as accessible. Um, It's not as instant with the gratification, no one's going to the library at 11pm to look up like their health condition. But it's easy enough to grab your phone and type it in on Google. So now we have people especially young people who think that they have something they Mm. don't even have it and now they're defining themselves as a person with this you got multiple (laughs) issues going on now uh, that we need to address that you can live the best life and i haven't seen this as much uh, definitely not in adults but it's an unfortunate thing that keeps happening with young adults because well hear me out on this I, i think you've seen this where there's young adults out there that it's almost subconsciously probably i don't think they're doing this consciously It's a competition of sorts, right? Mm, It's like, who has it worse? Who has more depression? Who has more anxiety? Okay, and they're going back and forth with this. And what it really, really messes up for people are the adults out there, because we're in a weird time where like our generation, I don't think will really ever have the same um, amount of stigma towards like our kids or our next generation, right? Right. When it comes to mental health. I mean, for God's sake, at least one of the parents is going to be open to this topic, you'd think, if not both. So I think we're really going to weed a lot of that out. But we still live in a time where unfortunately, because of lack of education and plenty of stigma thrown on them, our parents are not really aware of what this stuff actually is, generally speaking, right? They don't know how to treat this. They don't, they think like because someone has a two parent household, and they had like good stuff growing up that they can't be depressed 
depressed or anxious, mm-hmm. which of course we know is just absolutely incorrect. Right. When there are kids out there doing this competition thing back and forth, fighting about like, oh, who has more anxiety or more depression? Mm-hmm. All this does is fuel that ignorance with the parents where they're like, well, look at that. Yeah, that kid doesn't really have that. You know what I mean? Or my kid yeah. just needs to work harder. Um, It's really a shame for those kids that do come up to us, Scott, and talk to us that you can so clearly and authentically tell that this person is suffering. Right. And they're not talking to anyone yet, right? It, it really invalidates a lot of those people. So um, this message today, what we're going to talk about is all coming from a good place. We want people that actually have things to get the proper treatment. Likewise, if you are having a really hard time in life, there are also coping strategies for that. You don't want to run around yeah. thinking you have a diagnosis and getting treatment for that if you do not have a diagnosis. That is not a good idea. Um, and likewise, we just need to be realistic. Uh, this is not a competition. It's not about who's more messed up or who's got more stuff going on, man. We don't want to play that game. And that happens with physical health too. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Uh, It happens with like the cancer space, autoimmune space. Sometimes like who has suffered worse. Let's just stop invalidating people for what they're dealing with. And I don't think we'd force people to feel like they need to have these competitions in the mental health space or physical health space. If we just respected people for what they were going through. I hope that makes sense. I know that's a lot. (laughs) Yes, it does. And what's important to understand for everybody that's listening to this show, whether you're dealing with a mental health challenge or whether you're just living this life day to day with your perceived to be no mental health challenges is that we two things one we can't validate somebody else's pain because their experience is their experience it's not ours and two even if we try to put wear this badge of what i went through is worse what is actually being gained from that what positive thing in your life is that going to contribute to by going up to your fellow man or woman and saying hey i've been through more than you oh so you can one up that person and say hey look at me look what i've been through i get to wear a shiny badge get out of here man that's not the way this stuff works here there's something that every person has their own different challenge and how they deal with it is up to them and that is their own experience that might be a mountain for them could be a molehill for you vice versa different for everybody but what we need to understand as we go and get ready for our first commercial break here is when we're talking about all this different stuff together and recognizing the difference between the two i think a great way to kind of plant a seed before we get into the second part here is as followed when we are talking about depression we'll start with that and then we'll do anxiety it's kind of like this. Every single one of us here that's listening can think of a time when we were sad, right? Think of that feeling when you were sad, how you felt, you know, what your life was like at that moment, just that feeling of sadness. Now take that feeling and let's imagine that it does not go away, that it's with you every second of every hour of every day for weeks or months at a time. That is what we're talking about on a very basic level of what depression is like. It's not just the feeling of sadness, it's the feeling of sadness associated with so many other symptoms and a longer period of time, right? In addition to that, when we're talking about anxiety, anxiety is the feeling that you have before you take the SATs. Oh my goodness, I'm nervous. Uh, That's normal, okay? But an anxiety disorder is like you have that feeling of, oh my goodness, I'm nervous before the SATs all throughout the day, all the time with different tasks, not just when you're doing an important test. That I think is a really good seed for us to plant before we go into our next spot. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go to our first commercial break, but everyone stay with us. we got some really exciting stuff coming up in parts two and part three. So we'll see you right back here in a moment or two. Hey everyone, Eric Katz here, the owner of Katz Dogs Canine. 
Are you working from home and need to get your dog out running around for the day? Will you be traveling this summer and looking for a place to board your pup? Is your dog looking a little shaggy and need a haircut or bath? Are you looking forward to walking around and enjoying this beautiful weather, but you can't because your dog's pulling like a freight train? Well, you're in luck. We are a one-stop shop that focuses on daycare, boarding, grooming, and training. We are located at 35 Middle Road, Percocy, PA on 10 beautiful acres. You can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Cats Dogs Canine or our website, catsdogscanine.com. Our phone number is 855 Cats Dog, 855 528 9364. What's going on, everyone? This is Scott Prendergast here, a.k.a. Scotty P. And a lot of you know me from the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev as one of your hosts. But real quick, I want to talk to you about my business. It's called Scotty P Inspiration. And what I am is I'm an inspirational speaker, and I want to help others navigate life through the lens of hope. Now, I do this through speaking engagements, but also one-on-one life coaching. So you're, if you're interested in booking me or doing some of that coaching, let me know. Check me out at www.scottypinspiration.com or check out my Instagram at scottyp underscore inspo. If you're a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then my book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found Purpose Through Pain is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. Most importantly, you'll learn how we can find hope and purpose through pain. Get your copy of My Perfect Life today. Available on Amazon by searching Lucas Wolf, My Perfect Life. And that's Wolf with an E. Hey folks, what's going on? It's Evan Transu, a.k.a. Ev here. I just wanted to shout out my friends at FDN Thrive. Part of my story with mental health is that I was actually able to get a hold of a lot of my mental and physical health issues by addressing what was going on in my body. So I do mean more of a natural slash functional medicine side. Is this going to be for everyone? Absolutely not. But if you're someone like me who suffered for years and maybe a lot of the conventional things didn't work out, you might want to consider what is going on in your body and see if that is playing any role. So if you want to focus on something more objective, get some lab results, and actually have these lab results analyzed by practitioners who are trained in this specific modality, then go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. That's fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. And we are back. Welcome to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with Scotty P and Ev, where we are talking all things mental health all of the time. Tonight's topic is helping people define the difference between anxiety and anxiety disorders, just normal life stress, depression versus sadness, all that good stuff. And by the way, my name is Evan Transu, aka Ev. I'm a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. And what's going on, everybody? My name is Scott Prendergast, aka Scotty P, and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. Okay, so in part one, we usually just hype up what we're about to talk about, kind of discuss why it's important to us and why we chose the topic. And then in part two, generally speaking, it's about the topic, but maybe how it applied to our life and not the best way. (laughs) And don't worry, I promise in part three, we come back up and we talk about how it actually impacted us or how we learned to use this in a good way or coping strategies that we had. Um, But just thinking off the bat, I don't know if you want to start this one off, Scott, since I kind of started last time. Um, What were some ways that maybe there was like confusion for you around defining these things or or maybe the label was bad? I don't know where you want to go with this. 
Uh, for sure. I think there's a lot of different ways we could go with it, um, not just in our own lives, but also stories of just people that we've seen and, and things we've been around as well. And I think one of the biggest things that I've seen with different people that I talk with and a variety of the different audiences that I speak with is when we're talking about any type of mental health challenge, this could be depression, anxiety, like we're specifically talking about today. But even if it's you know bipolar or even schizophrenia, schizophrenia, anything else. Right. When we're talking about a mental health challenge, a lot of times people are not properly diagnosing themselves or getting an actual diagnosis. Think about it like this. When you're sick and you go Google symptoms and you go on WebMD or something, it'll be like, oh, you're going to die tomorrow, right? It'll say like some wild stuff like that or like, oh, you have this rare cancer that's never been found, but in reality, you might just have a sore throat, right? So I think what happens is this information overload for a lot of different sicknesses, both physical and mental, but specifically when we're talking about mental health challenges, I think people may be having one bad day and all of a sudden they say, you know what? Yeah, I've been seeing it all. I've been seeing the signs all day today. I think this is depression. I think that I have depression. I think I need to start medication tomorrow. When in fact, it's maybe just been a day or two of that because something significant is going on in their life that is really challenging them in that moment. And on the inverse of that, I think a lot of times you have people who because of those stigmas that we talked about so often on the show, see the the signs and symptoms of an anxiety disorder, depressive disorder, and just completely sweep them under the rug as if they're not there. But you know what's funny about sweeping something under the rug? When you sweep it under the rug, it doesn't go away. It just creates a pile that eventually you're going to trip over, right? And I think that's, you know, such an important thing to understand is that regardless of you find yourself on the left or right side of this problem or even in the middle of this problem, it's something that is, it, it needs to be taken seriously. It really does. Not just in the way of finding out if you actually have something, but also being respectful if you don't and understanding that just because you do not have one of these issues, that doesn't mean that somebody else, you know, is making it up or overreacting, right? It's a case by case type thing. And really just the more that we educate ourselves, the more information we find out about this, the more help that we seek in whatever way you're comfortable with, that will really give us a better idea if we are actually dealing with this disorder today, if we are dealing with something that needs further attention, or if we're just dealing with one of those times in our lives where maybe things are a little cloudy, as we know that that happens, similar to the weather. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, it's like really obvious for me looking back where like where this probably struck me the most um and this is something i actually talk about in the schools i don't always list all the conditions but you know with adults i would totally do this i basically at like 15 years old i started dealing with what i now realize was depression i got a proper diagnosis at 18 that was based on those symptoms that i had been experiencing for years so that's how i knew it was uh, still depression then because i got that diagnosis for the same exact things i had been experiencing over those three years but at the time i was not willing to talk about mental health I didn't even really fully understand what mental health was. I knew enough, I guess, to take the quiz because I took a quiz online basically about mental health stuff. And it's not like I was even doing this so lazily. It was very similar. I love that you brought up WebMD. I think I can't tell. I'm not actually sure how this works now. I know that we're like in this perfect generation in terms of the time frame where like we did use this. And I'm not sure if like 16 year olds use WebMD, but our parents certainly have. You know what I mean? Like definitely the older generation has fallen into that WebMD thing. And I did the exact same thing just with a different version, right? I went to like, it was a doctor's website even, or a psychiatrist or something. They had this whole test that looked really legit for mental health, uh, mental health issues. I take this test and this stuck with me for years. Scott. I don't even know if we've talked about this. I got three results from this thing. 
And the first result was anxiety. Okay, well, this is interesting. because, And I think it was, to be clear, generalized anxiety disorder. To be clear, uh, uh, that was very accurate. Like, that was correct. That was not wrong. I did have that, it turns out. So this is where these tests can really be misleading when it's, like, kind of right. So I get the first answer. I'm not thinking twice about that because I understood whether or not I understood anxiety disorders. I still knew I was an anxious guy at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. So I pushed that away, and I go to option number two. Even more interesting is option number two was correct, Scott. Option number two <laughs> was major depressive disorder. On that test, it said high risk. That was the highest one out of anything. I pushed that away just as quickly as I pushed away anxiety because I thought in my head, I knew what depression was based on what society tells us it is. To me, it was limited to people who lay in bed all day and can't get out of it. I'm like, well, you know, I, I do have some trouble with that, but like I go to school and I see my friends like, no, I, I don't have that. I don't cry my eyes out uncontrollably. And I don't stop hanging out with my friends and family. I mean, that's happened a little bit, but not a severe amount. So that in my head, it was those three things. That's what depression had to include. And it's not like I was so ignorant. I mean, depression can be all of those things technically. Yeah. But when we try to do this by ourselves or self-diagnose, whether we're an adult or a kid, we don't usually get the full picture. I mean, mm -hmm. people go to school, college for a very long time to learn about this stuff. So yes, I was partially right, but I didn't have the other side of that picture where I didn't realize that depression could also affect my eating. And this was the reason that some days I could eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but the next day I'd barely have the appetite for one meal. Didn't know that was depression. Mm -hmm. Didn't know depression was the reason that I had a very, very hard time falling asleep. And I'd sleep like all day during uh, school, excuse me. But at night, man, forget about it. Mm -hmm. It was also the reason I started to develop these anger issues and that my grades went from A's and B's to D's and F's in one single year. Yeah, no one really talks about those things with depression sometimes. So this is why we need to go to a doctor that was my answer. Anxiety and depression were my answers. I pushed both of those away thinking that can't be it. And then we get to the fun one, Scott. The third option on this test, and I'm glad I can laugh about this now, but I cannot stress enough how legitimately uh, serious and concerning this was as a young person believing this. The last one that came up said mild risk or moderate risk, I think it was, antisocial personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what that is. For those listening that don't, I had to look that up. Guys, that is the category that psychopaths fall under, right? <laughs> and again, I can laugh about it now. When I was 15, I had been suffering with mental health issues for 10 years. And this new thing just started happening a few months ago. I legitimately convinced myself that that was a possibility of something that I actually had. Mm -hmm. And so did I actually believe that fully? I don't know. I don't think so. But it was this battle back and forth, like on my bad days, it was because, oh, my God, dude, you must be like a psychopath or something. And it's like, well, how do you even get an answer like that? This is the other problem. When we're mixing up health issues and we're playing doctor, like, how do you get an option like that if that's not true about you? Well, when you're depressed, especially as a teenager, especially as a male, you don't always feel it as sadness. You might feel it as numbness and anger. So, of course, when they asked in those boxes, do you feel like you have empathy? I'm like, oh, no. Now, what I actually meant is I don't feel like I have any emotions at all anymore. But they mm -hmm. asked about empathy, which is a classic thing that someone with antisocial personality disorder would not have. Do you have fits of rage and anger? Oh, check that. That's another symptom of depression, especially in young males. Right. So I'm crossing off these boxes that correlated with that. Sure. But just like depression, man, there was like 10, 15 other things that I just I didn't have that. Right. And so I, this is probably one of the more extreme cases of how this can go wrong, right? Where we right. legitimately can say, um, uh, convince ourselves that we have a diagnosis and an extreme one at that. That is a serious condition. I'm all for ending the stigma around mental health. That one's not a joke. You got to get help for that, man, if that's yeah. something that you're dealing with, right? Let's <laughs> just call it what it is. So I know that's long-winded. I know that's a long story, but that's actually 
a really important one that I share it differently. Uh, but I bring this up in the schools because it's that important to me that people do not get improper diagnoses. That can really mess you up, man. Um, and it can really affect your self-image. So that was the most obvious way that this got me uh, negatively. I got just being honest. Mm, yeah, I love that. I'm glad that you shared that. And while you were sharing that, it made me kind of think of something, that old quote. I don't know if it's a quote or it was a cartoon from years ago. And it essentially goes like this. It says, if you judge a fish's ability to climb a tree, it's going to go through its entire life thinking it's stupid, right? Now, this is usually in reference to standardized testing and kind of the generic ways that schools, you know, measure smartness, so to speak, in students. But in the same way, I kind of think about it like this. If you get an improper diagnosis or you believe that you have something that you don't you're going to go through your entire life thinking oh my goodness i'm a psychopath oh my goodness what's wrong with me this is a serious thing and i'm not blah 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 you can see where i'm going with that it's the same thing and that's why it's so important to make sure that we kind of nip this in the backside, so to speak before it blows up into something more to where it gets uncontrollable because a lot of times this is kind of what happens it begins like this it begins with believing these untrue thoughts about ourselves, whether it's a thought like, oh, I tried to you know, go out for the sports team and I got cut. And since I got cut from the team, I guess that means that I'm worthless. I guess that means I can't do anything right. I guess that means that I don't matter. OK, let's use that as the example. We start having these thoughts float around in our heads saying, I'm worthless. I don't matter. I can't do anything right. All of a sudden, over time, we start to believe that's true. Okay, we start to truly believe that we're worthless, that we're nothing. This leads to more of that negative self-talk and that constant negative self-talk and the ruminating on these untrue thoughts that we believe to be true is really what builds a solid foundation of depression getting a hold of our lives. And then once it gets a hold of our lives, we all know how difficult it can be to get out of that. That's something for me for years I felt the struggle with doing. I felt like I would you know, fall down these holes, I would get myself out of it, then I would fall back down. And it was such a challenge and struggle to get myself out of that negative headspace on a regular basis. It was devastating. And ultimately, I got to the point where I realized, okay, how can I prevent myself from falling down this trap here, from falling down this rabbit hole again? How do I stop that? And I figured it's beginning with these thoughts that I'm saying to myself. I am believing that I am worthless because of this. I am believing that I cannot be happy because I don't have this. I am believing that I am not good enough because of what somebody said to me this one time. I traced it back to that and I realized that I was letting those thoughts become my core beliefs and my values. That's an example with me. As I also talked about the getting cut from a sports team, that's also an example for me when I was in high school as well. Now, in the same way, with the same idea floating in your head already with what I just said, think about that for somebody who maybe is seeing symptoms of depression or anxiety disorder in their life all of a sudden you plug in evan's story and you see this person all of a sudden is thinking okay i have this i have that i have this but now i got this whole new thing this personality disorder that i didn't even know about and then if we're going into that and we don't fully know if it's true or not and we're not properly getting it diagnosed we can see how that leads us down a whole nother path right and especially when we're talking about young people, particularly, you know, adolescents and young adults, the mind is so malleable at that time. And it could be molded in so many different ways that all of a sudden you have a couple months of thinking a certain way about yourself. Next thing you know, you're practically convinced that, oh, my goodness, my life is worthless. My life is completely pointless. I'm going to be homeless in two years. I'll never marry. I'll never get uh, you know, a good job. And you could truly believe that based off of just a couple negative thoughts that you've had. And I think the interesting thing is that these negative thoughts 
as detrimental as they can be, these untrue thoughts as just disruptive as they are in our lives, they are so incredibly, incredibly, incredibly frequent throughout our day. And that's how dangerous they can be. Now, I know that's a weird word to say, like uh, Scott's out here saying that your own thoughts are dangerous. Well, they can be because those thoughts by themselves don't do much. But when we start to attach emotion to that thought, when we start to attach action and behavior to that thought, wait a minute. Now that thought is more than a thought. It's becoming part of who we are. And it's, beca- it's, beca- it's becoming part of us. And it's becoming something that we believe that we are when in fact we're not. Right. And I think that is just something that is some I've worked on for years on how to overcome. And I'm proud to say now that's not a problem that I really have too much anymore. But why I dedicate my life to doing this so I can help others to get out of that vicious vicious cycle Uh, and again that's not even something that you have to have with a depressive or anxious disorder that can just be everyday life stuff but when you cup it with depression or anxiety then it becomes that much stronger and that much more difficult to break which is why we want to attack it at the source where those thoughts are yeah i love what you just brought up because um it's only been recently you know how like in presentations like you'll be in the moment and you start saying something new for the first time oh Uh, yeah one of the things that i just started saying and it, it seems to be connecting with the older kids I have this slide. It's my third and final step, right? It's getting around the right people. Um, And you know, I I told you this straight up when we started doing the show together. I'm like, dude, I want someone else who wants to actually, you know, be a speaker like in their life, right? Because we we hang around a lot of people that do it, but it's not necessarily their main thing, right? It's powerful to be around someone else who wants to do this. And we, we help each other with ideas and learn different things. And one of the things I started saying to the kids in that slide, I'm like, it's not just getting around the right people for the sake of it. It's not just hanging around people that have good values and all that stuff. That's very important. But one of the things that happens in life is our self-image dictates a lot of our actions. Our self-image dictates our actions. If I believe, which I did for a time at 18, that I'm a loser, I can't control myself with substances, I mess everything up, I hurt people in my life. Man, dude, how did I mess up? I was only ever good at school. That's the only thing I'm good at. And I couldn't even figure that out, right? For those that are listening for the first time, I mean, I got kicked out 17 days of my senior year. And like, that was the only sense of accomplishment I ever had was my my academic stuff, which was not good at that point, (laughs) but it had been good at one point. And so now I have this self-image of, like literally a failure and a loser messing all this stuff up. And of course, as adults, I get it. It sounds dramatic at 18, but we've talked about this before on the show where like when we're younger, especially before the age of 25, we lack a fully developed part of the brain, which helps us see farther into the future, which helps us with long-term planning. I actually believe I'm this loser who's stuck like this and my life's basically screwed up now and over because I messed up high school and stuff. And what happens? We start taking actions that validate that self-image. Well, if I'm a loser anyway that messed everything up, well, whatever, man, I'm just going to do substances on probation. And I was doing crazy stuff, stuff that really could have put me in jail looking back. And it's like, wow, that would have been a way to mess up your life, Ev. (laughs) You know, so you have that self-image that dictates those actions. But when we get around the right people, uh, which is something I'll always share, and it's really relevant at this moment, or we figure out the proper diagnosis or the thing that's going on, it leads to different actions. And just to continue that example, I got around new friends that instead of looking at me and judging me for the things I had been through or the things I had done, which to be fair, to some degree deserved some level of judgment. (laughs) You know, it's it's not like it was nothing. I mean, it definitely deserved, um, you know, a slap on the wrist, if not (laughs) quite a few slaps on the wrist. (laughs) But at the same time, you don't want people who only look at you like that. So these people saw me as, okay, man, you messed up, but maybe you could turn that around. 
hey, you're only 18. You know, you probably got at least like 60 years here left. Like, <laughs> what are you going to sit around on the pity potty for the rest of your life? Why don't you go and use that and help other people? That started changing my self-image. And then my actions start changing. And then guess what? Those actions, not to get it really complicated here, but what do the actions do? They lead to results. They're going to lead to outcomes in life. And as the better those outcomes get, that's going to change your self-image. Then it's this beautiful self-fulfilling thing. If I think I'm a loser, take loser actions, end up with loser, loser results, I got a loser self-image. But if I start putting in that good stuff because I'm, my self-image is changing, I'm going to get better results. I'm going to have a better self-image. So we can't just rely on the external world. We got to do this on our own. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't hurt to be that person for someone else that looks at them um, as the best that they can be. Or if this person in your life has a new diagnosis, let them know that's not an ultimatum. It's not a death sentence. You can work through anything that you want. So that wasn't the route I was expecting to take with that. But <laughs> I hope that was still useful at least. No, it absolutely was. And that's the fun part about the show is that we have a general structure, but we like to kind of have it free flowing as well. That's really important because I don't know about you, but yeah. personally, I hate when things are so incredibly rigid. You can't move. It's like, bro, like, are we good? Like, come on. You know, I hate that type of stuff. So I'm glad that you went and did that. Ev. I think that was awesome. Um, kind of going off of what the what you were just bringing up there. I love talking about self-image because personally, I think self-image at the core is either one of the best or one of the biggest problems that you as a person will have in your life. When you have a positive self-image, I'm a true believer that there isn't a single thing that you can't do in this world. I think if you talk to quote unquote successful people, now mind you, successful is different in everyone's eyes, but people that others would look up to, I guarantee those people have a pretty good self-image about who they are. That's why they took the chances that they had to. That's why they believed in themselves, why they got to where they are today. Now, if you want to talk about people who have made a lot of mistakes in their life and who maybe aren't in the best spot, I guarantee you, like what you were saying, Evan, that your self-image was probably not the best at that time as a teenager. And I think the same thing for me when I was a teenager, my self-image wasn't the best either. And that led me to a lot of different issues as well. So I think what's important to understand is that we can't overstate the importance of how you view yourself. It is really an important thing that is kind of going to be the core of the actions you take and the different people you surround yourself with and the direction that your life goes. I don't know about you, but I don't really know too many people who have a terrible self-image who are like really, really happy and really successful in their life. I don't really know. Maybe there are some people like that. There could be. I'm not saying there's not, but I don't know too many like that. And I think this goes over so many of our heads, though, because you talk about self-image and you're like, OK, I want to look in the mirror. And if I, you know, have all these certain things or if I if I'm viewed as a certain way, then I'll have a good self-image, Scott. But if I don't have that, how can I have a good self-image? Well, here's the question I would ask you. You're basing your self-image off of somebody else's perception. And that's not okay. Your self-image and this the satisfaction that you get from your self-image has to come on the inside. It can't come from what Timmy, the prom king, said to you. It has to come from, hey, I know who I am. I know what I have. I know what I can do. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to chase it. I'm going to make things work in my life because that's what I'm going to do because that's where I'm at right now. Instead of just sitting there and saying, well, you know, if I got accepted to Harvard, my life would have turned out differently. Oh, well, if I would have got that job instead of Bob down the street, then I would be the one in the million dollar house. Okay, well, you know what? You didn't get it, so let's move on and let's readjust that self-image. Let's tug on some wires back there, fix it, so that when we look at ourselves, we say, hey, you know what? I look at myself and I am not perfect. I look at myself and not everything is going right. I look at myself, I've made mistakes, I've had problems, I've had issues. I am not exactly where I want to be, but, but I know that today is a new day. 
I know that today I can do anything that I want to. I know that today I can change my mindset so that my future is different than my past and it all starts in the present. And if we can do that and really work on that self-image in that type of way, I think that the sky is really the limit for us. Whether you're dealing with a mental health challenge or not, whether you're dealing with depression clinically or whether you're just dealing with a low point in your life, I don't care whichever one it is, you have a positive self-image that is really going to help you to get on the right track to whether seeking the help that you need or whether finding the certain strategies and coping skills that you need to kind of help pull you through and get yourself onto a plane where you're happy and functioning and where you want to be again. It really all starts with self-image and I think that a lot of the problems we have in this world come from people who don't like their self-image and who have problems with it and try to take that anger that they feel inward and project it outward onto other people. I think that's a big part of it. Bam. Now, if that ain't a way to go to a commercial break, I don't know what is. We will be right back after these quick commercial breaks. Find Yourself Boxes was to create the foster the connection between a person and those in life who may be working through mental health challenges by providing curated and customizable boxes filled with research-backed wellness products that promote healing. Coupling personal experience with professional mental health guidance, Find Yourself Boxes meets people where they are on their journey. Wellness doesn't look the same for every person, and these products are packaged together to touch various aspects of our wellness spectrum. Find your healing with Find Yourself Boxes at findyourselfboxes.com, and you can get 20% off your first purchase. Does the pandemic have your hair looking a little funky? Are people stopping and staring and glancing at you as you walk down the street? Folks, come on now. Hair salons, they've been open for a while. It's time to get your hair cut. You've definitely been procrastinating. <laughs> I know my producer has. And when you do it, you should head to Hair Envisions in Ottsville, PA. Hair Envisions is open Tuesday through Saturday. They specialize in coloring and also offer carotene treatments that give your hair a smooth finish. Hair Envisions offers haircuts for all ages, so you can bring the whole family. Schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8894. Again, that is 610-847-8894. And tell them that Scotty P and Health Coach Ev sent you. If you're looking to get more TMS, ketamine, and Spravato patients, then 7-Figure Psych is for you. Beyond Marketing's flagship 7-Figure Psych business development and marketing system helps mental health professionals to attract, schedule, and convert new patients into care. Join a community of like-minded business professionals and automate your entire online presence. Visit these guys at 7figurepsych.com. That's the number 7, figurepsych.com. Guys, cancer is a word that most of us know all too well. And as is the case for so many other conditions, Western medicine is a miraculous yet incomplete form of treatment for those who are suffering. But what if there was a place in our community that helped meet the many other needs for cancer patients? Well, that's exactly what my aunt, Corinne Sikora, envisioned. And now you can help make that vision come to life. The Corinne Sikora Wellness and Support Center is designed to be a comforting space for all cancer patients across Bucks County. This center will help these individuals meet their emotional, social, physical, and lifestyle needs that are essential pieces of one's healing journey. Because of people like you, this center will be able to offer a multitude of completely free services to local patients and their families. A large vision like this needs all the support it can get, and you can help today. Go to CorinneSecoraCenter.org and click the donate button. That is C-O-R-I-N-N-E. S-I-K-O-R-A, Corinne Sikora, center.org, and click the donate button.
and we are back. Welcome to the Friday Mental Health Power Hour with your host, Scotty P and Ev, where we are talking all things mental health all of the time. If you're just tuning in, tonight's topic is all about really kind of figuring out the difference between life stress versus real anxiety disorders, why it's even important to get a diagnosis. Uh, same thing with depression as well. By the way, my name is Evan Transu, aka Ev, and I am a professional speaker in the youth mental health space. And hello, everybody. My name is Scott Prendergast, a.k.a. Scotty P., and I'm a professional inspirational speaker who helps others navigate life through the lens of hope. I got to uh, I got to update that last ad regarding the Corinne Socorro Center. They actually ended up changing the name. It still obviously was founded uh, for my aunt who did pass mm -hmm. away, uh, but they did change the name to Kin Wellness Center. It is completely open, guys, if you're in Bucks County and need support with the cancer stuff. And they've had over 100 uh, people come through there. It's completely free, wow. completely off donations from the community. So not the cancer patients, but from the community. So these people going through that stuff um, can go in and check that out. So check out Kin Wellness Center. Pretty darn cool how that's working out. And just a huge shout out to all those people that made that dream come true. So with that said, back to the mental health stuff. Um, in part three, we typically talk about the ways that <laughs> maybe we found like positives for the topic mm -hmm. of the night or ways to cope or just strategies or whatever. And I'm going to start this one off a little, a, a little differently. It's not that it's a positive per se. It's more just why it matters in the first steps that we can take. So we've been talking about what are the differences between stress versus anxiety or sadness versus depression. And the first step to all of this, guys, I am all for people using the uh, internet and like looking up stuff online. I would be a hypocrite if I said I didn't do that myself. I do it. But when it comes to diagnosing ourselves with a major thing, like something in the mental health world or like a serious uh, disease physically, you can go do that on Friday night. That's fine with me. But if you don't have a doctor's appointment scheduled for Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of next week, you're missing something up. Okay. It's okay to get a hint. It's okay to get an idea. Why would we not do that? But to then spend weeks or months or even worse, years like I did, not figuring out as to whether or not that um, diagnosis is accurate, that's actually, one, it's terrible for you. Uh, two, it's insulting to the people who go to school for eight plus years to learn about this stuff, right? They didn't do that so that we can mimic this in 30 seconds on a test online. And then you can figure out the actual path. So my good, uh, if you will, in this part three, was that I finally asked for help. And I've shared this before on here. I just finally gave in to this idea that I could not do this alone, nor did I have to. I don't even know where I got that damn idea. And I started working with a counselor, doctor, and stuff like that. And I learned I did not have a really rare mental health condition. I was not suffering from antisocial personality disorder or all these other random things that I thought I had over time. I did have some conditions, though. I had general, I had a lot of anxiety stuff. I was a hypochondriac, generalized anxiety disorder, panic disorder, um, and major depressive disorder. Okay. And those things are fairly common in their own right, especially the generalized anxiety and depression, one of two of the most common mental health conditions out there, highly treatable, tons of stuff for it. And yes, can it be overwhelming when we get an official diagnosis? Sure. Maybe this is another reason people do it online, Scott. Maybe it doesn't make it real. Because, you know, I can sit here and talk about that antisocial thing, but it's not like I fully embodied that. Maybe it wasn't real for me since I never went. But here's the good news, guys. Once you get that real diagnosis, there are also real plans for people with those diagnoses, okay? And you can start getting back to your life. Worst thing that can happen is you get the diagnosis and then you have a plan. Best thing can happen is maybe you're just having a tough time and there's other things going on that aren't even a diagnosis, right? And then you can work on that. So um, that's what I did. I mean, I asked for help and that's the first thing I will say today. We say it all the time on the show and we'll continue to do that. 
first step for me, if you're hearing this and relating to what we're talking about or have some confusion about what you're dealing with, ask for help. Get a couple opinions if you need to, as long as they're professional opinions, not the opinion of your mom. Uh, get a couple of professional opinions. And that's where I would start. I think that's great. And I love that you said ask for help. And that's something that we will continue to talk about as long as we have this show, because that is one of the biggest and best and most important steps is just asking for help. I don't know how many times I got to shout this on the rooftops that there's nothing wrong with asking for help. I don't know where in the human you know, complex we have this idea that asking for help for something is a weakness, is a problem. I don't know who came up with that. Probably some dude that was born in like 1910 or something. But like, let's get over that now. Okay, can we understand that asking for help doesn't make you weak? It makes you strong because you're willing to admit that you are not perfect in a certain area. Whoa. Whoa. And last I checked, none of us are perfect. So actually, if we're asking for help, that actually means that we're stronger than someone who's trying to act like everything's okay and keep it under wraps. Quote me on that if you want to. I think that's really important. <laughs> Love that you share that, Ev. I'm always big on sharing that too. One of the things I also want to talk about here is kind of like a little three-step plan. I'm big on putting things kind of into like, you know, digestible bits and little packages for people to take and take away from the show. And I think if you're suffering with something right now, whether it's a mental health disorder, whether it's just a low point in your life, because we talk about both here, here's something to keep in mind three-part system for you. Let's get it. Number one, acknowledgement. Acknowledgement that maybe right now you're not doing too well in your life. Maybe right now you're sad. Maybe right now you're upset. Maybe right now you're lonely. Maybe right now you're missing someone that is no longer in your life anymore because they passed on. Acknowledge these things. When we try to always bury this stuff and, you know, get rid of it and act like it's not there, it doesn't go away. It's still there. It's just kind of hibernating until it's going to come around again. And then there's more strength added to it. More problems will come from it. Right. So we've got to acknowledge it. We've got to allow ourselves to feel the certain things. I don't really think too much good comes from suppressing over time. I think there's a time and a place for that, obviously. Like maybe if you have a really important presentation to do and you're sad, maybe you suppress that feeling for a little bit so that you can do something. But then afterwards, you let yourself feel that again. Right. So acknowledge what you're feeling in your life, whether good or bad acknowledgement. OK, that's number one. First piece. Second piece. We say this all the time on the show, but it bears repeating. Identify. Like Ev was talking about, maybe that means going to get a professional medical opinion. And then maybe you go to get that opinion and they say, bruh, nothing's wrong with you. That's okay. Maybe you're just dealing with a downtime. Guess what? You're allowed to sometimes deal with a downtime. That's okay too. All right. That doesn't mean it's a failed diagnosis. That doesn't mean, oh, well, I guess I can't get help now. And I guess everyone's against me in this world. No, it just means that, all right, maybe you're not dealing with a clinical thing. Maybe you're just dealing with some tough times right now. And that's totally valid too, because it's happening to you. All right. But regardless, we want to identify what it is. If it is generalized anxiety, when I identify that, if it is depression, when I identify that, or if it's just a valley in our life, we identify that, whatever it is. Okay. So number two, identify. And number three, probably the most important thing is let's take action, yo. Let's take action on this stuff. Let's not just stand on the rooftops and shout to anybody that's willing to listen. Ah, look what I'm dealing with. I'm at a low point in my life. I'm struggling. Look at my badge. It's shiny. It says I'm struggling. What is that going to do for anybody? It's not going to help us at all. We've got to take action on this stuff to find a way so that we can get better. Whether that looks like going to a therapist, whether that looks like starting medication, whether that looks like going a complete alternative route, maybe something that isn't mainstream but works for you. All are correct. All are right. It's about finding something that works for you for that next step, whatever that looks like. But the important thing is to take that step.
Because if we don't, we're going to stay at that acknowledgement and identify piece for a long time, and we're not going to get better. We're going to stay stagnant, and we don't want to do that. We want to get better. Come on now, right? So in review, we want to acknowledge what we're going through. We want to identify it, and we want to take action on it to try to get better, whatever that looks like for you. So that's a little package that you could take away from this today. I love that you brought up that that's actually strength (laughs) because I think I had that confused for a while. It took me a lot of time to actually accept that, and I really do genuinely believe that at this point because – Strength is typically going to be associated with the harder option. Mm-hmm. Well, it was kind of hard to suffer in silence, but I'll tell you what was a lot harder actually talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so almost by definition, that had to be the strength because it was the harder thing to do. And I don't know where we get this idea because I see this. There's many. It's kind of weird. There's like this half and half. There's a lot of people in the younger generation. I mean, you know, the one right after ours that are incredibly open about mental health to the point that it almost throws me off. And I don't mean <laughs> that in a bad way. Obviously, I don't care about the, anything that de- someone deals with mental health wise, I'll talk about anything. I meant it puts me off in the sense that it's like so shocking because I cannot mm-hmm. believe how different this is. I was not in, it's not like I'm an old person. You're not an old person. We were in school seven, eight years ago, and it is a night and day, 180 degree difference with how these people will talk about this stuff. I go into a group of seventh graders. There's kids raising their hands, talking about panic attacks and stuff like that. When I was in seventh grade, you did not do that, my friend. (laughs) You know, I don't even think we knew what that was, let alone do you actually do something like that. And I had someone today, um, well, I shouldn't have said today, so I got to be really vague now. It was a person, young person struggling with addiction, uh, really serious stuff, meth, uh, fentanyl at one point. I mean, it, it wasn't a joke. You know, this is person's under the age of 18, got off that themselves without getting help. And then we're still struggling with an addiction to a certain pill. I let them know. I'm like, where on earth did you get this idea that you're not supposed to get proper help for this? Right. And this does, it's not so off the topic tonight, you know, it, it does have to do with the theme that we're talking about, because if we never get help, if we never identify what we're dealing with, we can't get the proper treatment. And that's where this person was. They're not talking about any of this stuff. I'm like, you're using those drugs for a reason. I do believe uh, that there are absolutely brains that are more prone to addiction. There's no oh, doubt yeah, about it. Sure. But I still also believe that genes are something that generally speaking, load the gun and the environment pulls the trigger. Mm, I still yeah. think a lot of those people with those genetics for that also had bad experiences that trigger that stuff. So I don't believe for a second that this young person is choosing those drugs at 15, 16 years old, uh, just because, you know, they wanted to get high one day, man, there's something there. There's something that they're hiding that that they haven't talked about. And so I kind of just let them know one, do you realize how incredibly tough it is to get off any of that stuff by yourself when you didn't even have to do that? So I commend you for that. But when are we going to realize that the ultimate side of this strength is actually talking about this fully and getting help for that? And I think that connected with them. You know, it's not like anyone ever skips and jumps with a smile on their face to go ask for help. I haven't seen that (laughs) in my, you know, several years of speaking yet. But, you know, there was a real change there mentally. I could tell for this person where they're like, wow, okay, you know, it is time to go do this and get the proper plan so that I don't have to keep fumbling around with this kind of stuff. And so I know more or less, I just made the same point that I already did, I guess, for this part, but that's how important it is, right? We will uh, continue to live in this ocean of confusion with this stuff because mental health issues, there's a lot, man. There's over a hundred known mental health conditions out there. Many people do not realize that. Average person, I guarantee, can list off maybe three to four tops. Average person, guarantee, can only list that off. There's over a hundred. All right. Many of which you don't hear about just because they're maybe less common than anxiety or depression. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stigma that prevents those other ones from getting talked about still to this day. Okay. So you got to figure out what it is because those are going to get addressed differently 
than something else. All right. And you deserve that help. I think that's one of the last things I'll mention today is just the deserve. Like, why do you think you need to be suffering? I think people punish themselves with that, Scott. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen this too. Like you, you, there is, when you're hearing it from a third party perspective, this outsider's perspective, and you're listening to their story, you can just tell there is no logic behind this whatsoever. And I'm not saying they're doing that on purpose. That's how deep they are in their own world, that they're punishing themselves by not getting proper help or not getting the proper diagnosis and figuring out what's going on. Okay. Let's stop that. <laughs> Let's stop yeah. the self-sabotage and the self-punishment. You've been through enough, get the proper help. I digress. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. The self-punishment and the self-sabotage, it's such an underrated thing. And when I say underrated, I mean, it's its not, I should say, I should say it's uh, under talked about. I don't know if that's a thing, but I'm gonna say it. That is something that so many times is such a blaring five alarm fire of this person is dealing with something more here because nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what? I want to sabotage everything in my life. I want to completely punish myself totally. No, nobody does that just waking up one day because it's fun. You do this because there's more going on. Because as I said before, and I'll say again, humans, we're like onions, right? There's always another layer to peel back and there's something going on under there, right? And a lot of times when you see that self-sabotage, that self-punishment, there's something deeper, whether it is a mental health disorder or whether it's a past trauma, traumatic experience, but there's always something there. So I just wanted to touch on that real quick because I, I really do think that is, is super important. So Ev, before I shut it down, do you have a last part that you want to say for another minute or two before we go into the ending? I'm not sure of uh, anything off the top of my head, admittedly. I don't actually think I have that. I just hope people, you know, listen to this today. They understand the importance of actually figuring this stuff out. There are bad times in life. There are things that absolutely would make anyone sad. Know that that's not necessarily depression. Know that just because someone has a clean desk is not necessarily OCD. Yeah, <laughs> just true. because, you know, you freaked out one night and you were super anxious, that's not a panic attack necessarily. Um, and just because, you know, you're stressed out right now, that's not necessarily anxiety. And the opposite could be said of all of those things, right? It could absolutely be the start of a panic attack um, problem. It could absolutely be the start of OCD or generalized anxiety disorder. These things can happen at any time. But let's stop doing the I'm going to play doctor online thing. I said fully transparently in the beginning, or on the beginning of this part, at least I have used online to figure out things or get clues. I'm not saying don't do that, but if you are looking up conditions and you are trying to diagnose yourself on a specific day and you do not have a doctor's appointment scheduled for the next week, maybe two weeks tops, that's messing you up, man. You are going to affect yourself psychologically, whether that's a physical or a mental health issue. Um, I did it for three years. Wouldn't recommend it. So I'll just reiterate that one more time before I kind of pass it back off to you, man. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for saying that, Ev. So I want to thank everyone so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. As you don't, if you're unfamiliar with the show for the last minute or two, I always kind of end with something so that we can start our weekend on a positive note and really get some good takeaways from our episode today. And this episode was a pretty cool one. It was a very important one. We're talking about the differences between depression and sadness, the differences between anxiety and anxiety disorders. There's a lot coming your way. And I really hope you can restream this and listen so you could take away some really good nuggets from it as well. But I want to leave you with this. In our lives, we all are going to have a multitude of different experiences. Every single day, we have dozens of different experiences that happen to us. And every single day, we also come home to a certain type of an environment. Every day, those two things are going to happen to us no matter where we are in this world. As long as we're breathing, we're going to have experiences and we're going to have an environment. But what's important to understand 
is that when we're dealing with these experiences and dealing with this environment, neither one of those has to be the exact identifying piece of our who we are. They are part of who we are, but it does not define who we are. And what's important to understand is that when we have different experiences, when we have this environment, they may not be fair, it may not be fun. A lot of times though, we can see if we can learn to see past that and if we can learn to look at ourselves deeper and see what's really going on here, it doesn't matter what our experience are, it doesn't matter what our environment is because the key to moving through that, the key to moving through that pain, that sadness, that hurt that you feel, whether caused by depression or just a low point, whether caused by anxiety disorder or just something bad that someone says, the key to moving through that is how you view yourself every single day bringing it back to our self-image that we talked about today. We work on our self-image. I don't care what you got thrown your way. You're going to be on your way to working through that. And I really hope that's something that everyone can take away from this message today is knowing that you could have severe depression. You could have severe social anxiety, generalized anxiety. You could be dealing with bipolar, OCD, you name it, whatever it is. But there is no situation, no situation on this earth that cannot be improved by working on improving your self-image. I don't care what it is. And I think that's important for some people to know because some people get this label on yourself and you think nothing can fix me. Remember this. It's not always about fixing yourself, but sometimes it's about adjusting the little broken pieces in a way that makes you smile. And I think when we learn to do that, my friends, we're going to find a lot more of that happiness in our life. And we're going to be able to move through whatever it is that faces us, that is in our hallway, keeping us from that light on the other side that we covet. Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for joining us today. Everybody, you can check me out on www.scottypinspiration.com or check me out on Instagram at scottyp underscore inspo. And Ev, where can everyone check you out at? Uh, great message, man. And it's evantransu.com or at evan underscore transu on Instagram. Awesome, everyone. Well, we want to thank you all again. We hope everyone has a fantastic Friday. Shout out to my producer, B-Dog. He's always coming through in the clutch. My man's out here doing a jack of all trades, doing everything. <laughs> thank you again, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Do something that's going to make you feel good. And I hope that you know that better days are ahead if you're struggling. Peace out, everybody. Much love, guys. Thanks, God. See ya.